This is God's servant Philip Koshikoshi. I am the pastor of Revelation Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. I pray that you will experience the power of God's word in all its richness and glory today. May your faith be revived, your mind be renewed, and your body be healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Lord is good. Amen. And He does good. Wonderful time just to come together like this and, and to be able to pray and seek the Lord's face. And as was uh, prayed, I believe that uh, these are moments of miracles. Those of you that have uh, tuned in to watch us as well, we believe that miracles will happen in your, in your home. Um, uh, things that you're praying about. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is mindful of the gathering of His people. You know, uh, sometimes we, you know, it's something we may do regularly. Um, and in the midst of selecting what we're wearing and, and uh, hopping on our cars and driving or planning our evening to come here, uh, I want to remind you that uh, God is mindful of the gathering. When you decided to come, there's a blessing pronounced. There's a blessing pronounced when you decided to come. Praise the Lord. Uh, in fact, a whole group of Psalms, it's called the Psalm of Ascents. Uh, and a whole group of psalms, number of psalms is dedicated to the journey of the pilgrim to Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Uh, a whole bunch of psalms are dedicated to that journey as they set about, set, a, set about going from their homes and traveling to Jerusalem. Uh, there is a whole bunch of psalms dedicated to that. It's called the Psalms of the Ascents. And uh, those psalms are representing the fact that God is, God is aware of these things. When you leave your house for a fellowship, praise the Lord, glory to God. When you leave your house for a fellowship for the purpose of, uh, of um, lifting Jesus in some manner, the purpose of coming together, God notices these things. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, um, remind yourselves, keep this as a reminder that um, having come to a place where people are gathered in Jesus' name, there's a blessing upon you. Some of these things um, uh, can escape uh, our notice uh, in, this, in, in this generation that's so tied up with so many different things. Um, the coming together, leaving your house to fellowship, leaving your house to gather with a group of believers, whether for prayer or like this for Bible study and prayer, God notices it. I feel like stressing it because I don't know if you're aware. Uh, I don't know if you're um, keenly aware. And uh, those of you that are watching us as well, if you have an opportunity to gather in the week, we encourage you to gather, um, uh, physically gather with believers. Praise the Lord. There's a blessing in it. There's a blessing in it. Praise the Lord, I have literally experienced it. Walking with Christ, I have literally experienced uh, where, where you decide to come to a physical gathering that I, I have been blessed. I've been blessed, I cannot measure the blessings. Praise the Lord. So I'm looking at a group of people that are blessed. You're blessed. Just deciding to come for Bible study, you're blessed. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Lord notices these things. 
you know, I, I came across um, a, a man of God who, uh, he's been serving the Lord for many years, and uh, he made a statement, very interesting. So, young and old, every single one of us pay attention. He said that I have yet to come across a Christian who spends serious time studying God's word, sincere time studying God's word daily. I have yet to come across a Christian that studied God's word daily, seriously, sincerely, that backslides. I want you to process the information. A man of God that has spent many years ministering to hundreds and thousands of people, he said, I have yet to come across a Christian who spent sincere, sincere, honest Bible study time daily who backslides. Praise the Lord. What does it mean to backslide? Sometimes we think backslide is, you know, to be found in some, yeah, to be found in, found in some company of the unrighteous in some bar or something. That's when we think that's backsliding. Backsliding is moving away from the faith. Not walking by faith. If you're not walking by faith, you are backsliding. That's right. You're, you're feeling distant from God. It is of utmost importance to study the Word of God daily, seriously, with purpose. Study the Bible. Yes, every single one of us qualify for it. Yes, every single one of us qualify for it. And I will remind you again and again, those of you that are watching us as well, study the Bible. Don't be a casual Yeah, I cannot complete the sentence. I want to say casual Christian, but it's a diametrically opposite condition. Amen. Amen. Yeah, you are the son of a pastor. Don't be a casual Christian. Yes. You are a daughter of a pastor. Do not be a casual Christian. You've been in church since you've been born. Do not be a casual Christian. You are working on equipment for the church. Do not be a casual Christian. Be connected. Have a very serious, huh? dynamic, serious Bible study. Praise the Lord. Yeah? And, and if you're doing serious, dynamic Bible study, people will know about it. People will know about it. If you are doing serious, dynamic Bible study, people will know about it. You will be like the person that just can't keep quiet about it. Because the treasure you discover in God's word, it becomes fire in your bones. It makes you a prophet. <laughs> Studying the Bible makes you a prophet. You get that, um, um, you know, the Holy Spirit has this sway on you and, and these things start to burn within you. Praise the Lord. So I encourage you to study the Bible. Hallelujah. Jesus gathered his disciples and, and uh, they spent time studying the scriptures. Let us look at Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 down to verse 12. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 down to verse 12. 
I pray that every single one of you has the word of God burning within you. I pray that every single one of you, those of you that are watching us as well, I pray, I pray this over you. We as a church pray this over you, that the word of God will be burning within you. Amen. Because that's what Jesus does. You spend time with Jesus, that's what he does. He causes a stirring within you, there is a fire within you, the word of God kindles a fire. Um, And Jesus did it very early in, in his ministry, he started off with opening his mouth. And teaching his disciples. Matthew chapter 5 verse 1 says, When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain. After he sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Let's do that again. He opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the gentle. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Amen. Let's do that again. Rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus' uh, grand um, introduction. This is um, uh, his... His glorious introduction, his, his glorious welcoming uh, of those that he desires to touch and change. Christ's glorious introduction to his ministry, glorious introduction to his disciples, um, and that which would proceed down to the crowds is his great welcome to a group of people who are poor in spirit. A group of people who are mourning. A group of people who are gentle. A group of people who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Glory. A group of people that are merciful. A group of people that, are, that desire purity in hearts. A group of people that desire to be peacemakers. Hallelujah. Jesus says, I am with you. Jesus says, I am with you. Praise the Lord. I hope you find yourself uh, qualifying in these groups. I hope you celebrate the fact that you are in this group. Amen. 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 Celebrate that you're in this group. This evening, if you find yourself in any one of these, if you qualify, you probably tell me I qualify for all of them. (laughs) You qualify. Look at Christ's welcome. Are you poor in spirit? Come to me. Are you mourning? Come to me. Are you gentle? Come to me. Praise the Lord. God is opposed to the proud. Amen. He resists the proud. He welcomes the humble. Hallelujah. Jesus is here. Praise the Lord. Jesus is here. Amen. For there is a group of gentle people here. Glory to God. Jesus is with us. 
a group of people that hunger and thirst for righteousness. We are on verse 7. It says, blessed are the merciful, they shall receive. Hallelujah. Blessed are the merciful, they shall receive mercy. So we've been on the subject, um, studying different aspects, studying um, a passage of scripture on mercy. And uh, last week we uh, came to a, a facet of mercy, which is forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus. A facet of mercy, which is forgiveness. And uh, they go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. Uh, We read the passage in Matthew chapter 18. Did you love that passage? I hope you went home and uh, read that passage one more time. It's an incredible passage. I love the introduction to this uh, parable uh, that Jesus teaches. Uh, It's verse 21 of Matthew chapter 18. Let's look at that. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. It says, Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord, how often shall my wife sin against me and I forgive her? How often shall my boss sin against me and I forgive? How often my brother, you know, you fill in what might qualify at this particular point. And Peter came and said, how often shall I forgive? Up to seven times? Praise the Lord. Peter represents us so nicely. You know, you know he knows the Lord loves the number seven. <laughs> so that's probably where it's at. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll stop at seven. Up to seven times? And uh, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Praise God. After which I think Peter probably fainted. It's nothing mentioned about Peter after that. (laughs) He he, uh, disappeared into the crowd. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, And then Jesus goes on to give the the parable uh, of of the slave that is not merciful. One of the titles given for this parable is, um, the parable of the, of the slave that wasn't merciful, the unmerciful servant. Jesus goes on to tell him, For this reason the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle them, one owed him 10,000 talents. It's a truckload of money. And he was brought, he was brought to the king. But since he did not have the means to repay, his Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children all and all that he had and repayment be made. So the slave fell to the ground, prostrated himself before him, saying, have patience with me and I will repay you everything. And the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. Praise the Lord. Glory Hallelujah, the Lord had compassion. The Lord had compassion and released us. When Jesus says it, um, understand that he is also connecting it with the covenant that is upon us. We are released. Glory, we are released this evening. I want you to know, you're released. Sin has no power over you. You're released. Praise the Lord. You're released. It's the greatest release Mankind can have, a man can have, to be released of sin. You're released of sin. Do you need to hear that? Hear it. You're released of sin. I do not know what um, uh, you, um, 
dabbled in, but I want you to know that if today you, you look at the face of Jesus, the cross is sufficient. He has released you. Praise the Lord. He released him and forgave him the debt. But that slave, I, I tell you, whenever you read in scripture, but yeah, all your antennas should go up. What is going on? But the slave went out, found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred dinarai. He seized him and began to choke him, saying, pay back what you owe. Sometimes you can get confused that, um, um, what do you call? You can get confused. You think that, you know, he's probably going after this person because he's got such a huge debt on his shoulder. But you must pay attention to what the, the Lord or the king did. He was released and forgiven. Was not expected back. You're released and forgiven. Yes, he remembers your sins no more. This is the same language. So the wickedness of the slave to go after the other slave is sheer, and it is, it is, there is no other term, it's wickedness. It is having stared at compassion and goodness and gone away and rendered wickedness and evil to somebody else. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In this Bible study, in this church, uh, I know most of you quite, uh, for some years now, I think, and personally, some of you I've known for many years. Praise God. Praise God. And um, always remind yourself, always remind yourself that you received mercy, give mercy. Yeah. You received mercy, give mercy. The slave went out, found his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred dinarai, seized him, and began to choke him. This is a... Began to choke him. So his fellow slave, verse 29 says, So his fellow slave fell to the ground, began to plead with him, saying, Have patience with me and I will... Same language, yes, that he used. Pretty much the same language he used with the king. Verse 30 says, But he was unwilling, and went and threw him in prison until he should pay back what was owed. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let, us our, let our behavior be consistent with what we've received from God. It's the lesson of the, of the parable. Let our behavior always. See, whenever, and I, and I found this, this um, works in every situation, in every context. Let your reaction be God's reaction. Let your reaction be God's reaction. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It, has, um, it is of uh, great help uh, and it will transform your character if you allow the cross to be ever before you. 
Amen. The work of the cross to be ever before you, it is of great value. It will change your character. It will change your character. Now, I'm so glad to look at the faces I'm looking at. I'm seeing a group of people who have allowed the work of the cross to change them. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? I, I look at a group of people and I, and I see a group of people that I don't find this dichotomy. Yeah, I don't find this contradiction amongst you. Praise God. It's something to celebrate. Something to celebrate. You can have a smile on your face. It is something to be, to be celebrated. I see a group of people serious about, about the Word of God. I see a people serious about being like Jesus. Am I in the right place? I'm giving you such wonderful compliments. You, you should uh, respond in joy. Praise the Lord. I see a group of people that, have, that, that allow um, the Master and his, his, um, his goodness towards you to change you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. You have no idea, uh, as a Bible teacher, how glad I am to be in a group of people like that. Say praise God. It is something wonderful. Because I, I have, been, I have um, you know, been in situations, circumstances. Uh, I have um, uh, crossed paths with, with um, uh, people that are the, just like this. They've caused great damage. Great damage. They are one way in church, they're another way at home. They're one way in church, they're another way in their workplace. But praise the Lord for each of you. Praise the Lord for each of you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So his fellow slave, verse 29 says, um, no, let's go up to verse 31. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. Then summoning him, the Lord said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy? Mercy. Everybody say mercy. mercy. Praise the Lord. Say mercy. mercy. Don't let a week go by without showing mercy. Today somebody showed up at home, um, rang the doorbell, and I had an opportunity to show mercy. And um, the, the person was, was moved was visibly moved by the mercy that was shown. Yeah? To the, give mercy. Amen. Give mercy. Show mercy. Should you not also have mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hmm. Oh, when that's... <clears throat> when that KSRTC comes by, hmm. <laughs> oh man, I could do a Bible study on KSRTC because <laughs> uh, you know many scriptures have come up on in my mind as I meditated on KSRTC <laughs> and um, prophetic things as well, which uh, I believe will come to pass. Mercy. Mercy. Be wise, be merciful. Amen. Amen, amen. 
Hallelujah. Beware of those, uh, I'm uh, reading a quote by a person named Justin, um, and uh, he said, Beware of those who claim Christ, yet spend their lives slandering and defaming his bride. Beware of those who claim Christ, yet spend their lives slandering and defaming his bride. Speaking ill about the church. Slandering people. I'm sure you've come across one or two. I'm sure that, I won't say I'm sure, but possibilities that you gave into the temptation as well. Mercy. Amen. Let mercy be active. Let mercy be active on your tongue. You've been hearing about wisdom. Praise the Lord. The Lord is teaching His church wisdom. Think twice. The fact that you've been forgiven... The fact that you've been forgiven should cause you to continue to forgive. Okay, process that. The fact that you've been forgiven should cause you to just continue in forgiving. I'm going to read a little excerpt from Corey Ten Boom. From the book Hiding Place. How many of you read the book Hiding Place? I encourage you to read that book. It's an incredible book. Amazing uh, woman of God named Corrie Ten Boom. Um, the late Corrie Ten Boom recalled in her book The Hiding Place a post-war meeting. Now Corrie Ten Boom was, she was caught up in, the, uh, in World War II and uh, went through as a Jew, as a... As a um, one who protected Jews uh, went to um, a concentration camp and uh, she suffered there with her sister. Okay, so that's the context. So the late Corrie Ten Boom recalled in her book, The Hiding Place, a post-war meeting with a guard from the concentration camp where her sister had died and she herself had been subjected to horrible indignities. Did you get that much? It was a church service in Munich that I saw him, the former, the former secret service man who had stood guard at the shower room in the processing center. He was the first of our actual jailers that I had, I had seen since that time. And suddenly it was all there. Seeing him, all the memories came back. The room full of mocking men, the heaps of clothing, Betsy, that's her sister's pain Pain-filled face. He came up to me at the church meeting. She was preaching there. He came up to me as the church was emptying, smiling and, and bowing, bowing down. Smiling and, and bowing at the same time. And he proclaimed this. He said this to her. How grateful I am for your message, Fraulein. He said, to think that as you say, Jesus has washed my sins away. 
His hand was thrust out to shake my hand. And I who had preached so often to the people, the need to forgive kept my hand by my side. Even as the angry, vengeful thoughts boiled through me, I saw the sin of them. Jesus Christ had died for this man. Was I going to ask for more? Lord Jesus, I prayed, forgive me and help me to forgive him. I tried to smile. I struggled to raise my hand. I could not. I felt nothing. Not the slightest spark of warmth or charity. So again I breathed a silent prayer. Jesus, I cannot forgive him. Give me your forgiveness. Jesus, I cannot forgive him. Give me your... Her first prayer was, help me forgive him. Her second prayer is, I cannot forgive him. Give me your... As I took his hand... She stretched, her hand moved. As I stretched his hand, the most incredible thing happened. From my shoulder along my arm and through my hand, an electric current seemed to pass from me to him. While in my heart sprang a love for this stranger that almost overwhelmed me. The work of the Holy Spirit, dear church, the work of the Holy Spirit. As I took his hand, the most incredible thing happened. An electric current went through my hands towards him. A heart was filled with a supernatural love. Forgiveness is possible for the most grievous of harms. Church said, Amen. Forgiveness is possible. Because of the power of Christ. Amen. Because of the power of Christ. Hallelujah. Leviticus chapter 19 verses uh, 17 to 18. Leviticus. Hmm. You know, when the Lord says, blessed are the merciful, if that, if you activate the forgiveness of God in your life. If you constantly activate the forgiveness of God in your life, your heart will be light as a feather. Amen. Uh, you will be, your heart will be light as a feather. And um, I want to read this uh, scripture. It says, You shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall not hate your brother in your heart. You may most certainly rebuke your neighbor, but shall not incur sin because of him. You shall not take revenge, the subject of most movies. And the scary thing is, we are more, yeah, we spend more time, uh, there are a lot of Christians that spend more time watching movies than reading the word of God. You shall not take revenge or bear any grudge against the sons of your people. You shall not take 
You shall not take. You shall not take. I can't hear you. It's the scripture. You can say it. It's in the scripture. You shall not take vengeance. You shall not take vengeance. Another word, revenge. You shall not take vengeance. Nor bear any. Any grudges, church? I will let you examine yourself. This is the commandment of the Lord. This is the commandment of the Lord that you shall bear no. Because vengeance is mine, says the Lord. This is, you know, get it. <laughs> Leave it to the Lord. Amen. I think the Lord can do a better, better job with everything. Am I right? That's right. That's right. Exactly. Do not bear any grudge. But you shall love your... If you look at the Amplified or... And you look at this uh, passage or the Hebrew word, you know what it means. You shall love your acquaintance, your associate, your companion. As yourself. And then the, and the scripture says, I am the, I am the Lord. Today, as we were praying, one of the, the prayers that were offered is that the Lord release us and empower us. What Corrie ten Boom experienced when she allowed her heart to, to um, uh, come under the submission of the teachings of Christ, come under the submission of the cross, the Holy Spirit moved through her. Many things, uh, many times, the Spirit is unable to move through us. There is some grudge, there is some bitterness, there are some things that are stuck in our hearts. And the devil works 24-7 to multiply, yeah, whether by illusion or by uh, hook or crook. He tries to multiply within us grudges, bitterness, anger, because it does stand as a block for the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise the Lord. Make a decision. Make a decision. I want to transform my heart and mind to be a place that God can look into and say there is no hate. There is no hate for your brother. There is no grudge. Glory. No grudges against your parents. No grudges against your companions. Hallelujah. Mm. Mm. No plans for revenge. Sometimes when we are daydreaming, we are uh, thinking vengeful thoughts. No? Uh, we think because it's a daydream, we have the license to... Uh, some of you are getting it, so you're smiling and laughing and all. So I hope all of you get it. Even when you daydream about your classmates. Hmm? Because I am the Lord. 
Listen to me, I am the Lord. Uh, it's incredible how this passage. I am, why, why should you do it? I am the Lord. Oof. I am the Lord. Look at me, look at me. Don't, don't look at all these other things. Look at me. You look at me. Stay in your relationship strong. Don't let that become a sin. It says, it shall not incur sin because of him. Glory. Throw it out. Throw it out. You know, um, um, uh, get it out of your system. Praise the Lord. For you shall love your neighbor, acquaintance, associate, companion, as your, I am the, amen, I am the Lord. Hallelujah. Now we, uh, I, I mentioned that this week, we would get into the nitty-gritties of forgiveness. You are interested in the nitty-gritties, the, where the rubber meets the road of forgiveness? How do we? There's, there's so, uh, a lot of Christians, um, you know, they sort of stay in that mushy area of forgiveness. And um, you know what mushy means? It means very emotional sort of, you know, you, you think, uh, you know, what are you Christians talking about? You're not really understanding the specifics of it. Um, the Bible is full of instruction concerning this. You'll be, uh, I mean, you should be shocked. It's so full of instruction about relationships. Volumes are written about how to go about someone wronging you. If someone does you a wrong, that would be grammatically correct. Yeah. <laughs> Someone doing you a wrong or coming across people like this. What to do? There is so much instruction. In fact, uh, every Christian should be, a, should be a, every Christian that studies the word of God and looks seriously at the scripture uh, it will be transformed into a, um, uh, they'll be brilliant in relationships. They would, they would be brilliant at relationships. Seriously, it's just amazing. So how to go about it? I know all of us have, uh, you know, a person we've forgiven or a, a situation or a circumstance. Some of you watching maybe in a situation where uh, you've been hurt by somebody um, some of you may be in a, in a marriage that uh, is going all over the place. Uh, so we want to get into all of this. I want to first uh, read a, a, pay attention. If you know someone is of good faith, you can write this down. If you know someone is of good faith, forgive and forget. What does it mean, if you know someone is of good faith? Good faith means? That they are sincere. Do you get that? If you know somebody is sincere, that person you're forgiving is in a sincere place now, forgive and? Do you get that? If you are not sure, forgive and survey. Forgive and survey. If you know that they are of bad faith, forgive and remember. You. 
Suddenly you're like, what is going on here? Forgive and remember. Not that you remember. We'll get to that, okay? Hope you got that. Just write those down. It's a very, very good teaching. If you know someone is of good faith, if a person is sincere, forgive and forget. If you are not sure, forgive and survey. That's brilliant. Forgive and survey. If you know they are of bad faith, forgive and remember. See, you will notice this. Um, how does this work? Especially the last one may be confusing you a bit. But uh, you will remember that whenever Israel um, came to the Lord truly repentant, the Lord, then when they went back into rebellion, what does God say? You did this, you did that, you did this, you did that. In fact, he goes back right to... <laughs> yeah. Even in the wilderness, this is how you behaved. So, don't worry, this is scriptural teaching, okay? Uh, and it is of great importance. It, it applies to uh, every, every one of these relationships. If you know someone is of good faith, forgive and forget. If you are not sure, forgive and survey. See if there is genuine change. If you know they are of bad faith, forgive and remember. Now, I'm going to read uh, uh, scriptures um, for you from Proverbs. And uh, oh, hallelujah. You know, I had different uh, ideas about how to go about this. One of the ideas that I had was to open this out and ask for your questions concerning this. But I wasn't sure how that would go. Hmm. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 10. There's a time to drive out. Wait, is this part of forgiveness? Yes. Part of the complete process of forgiveness and divine wisdom, there is a time to drive out. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 10. Drive out a scoffer and strifle. Simple, uh, yes. And quarreling and abuse will. Check it out what scripture says. Quarreling and abuse will cease. So once and for all, I want to settle this, um, uh, you know, this sort of confusion that some, sometimes we get ourselves into. If the person is indulging in abuse, drive out. I hope you understand. If the person is unrepentant and, um, and continuing in strife, there's a certain driving out that needs to happen. Drive out a scoffer and strife will go out. Quarreling and abuse will cease. Let's go on. Second Timothy chapter 3 verses 1 to 8. See, I'm doing one side of it for now because the other side of it we are all quite 
well versed with the accepting and the hugging and the yeah we 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 are, you know automatically sort of we we are we are there but uh, these principles yeah there's too much debate there shouldn't be so much debate second timothy chapter 3 verses 1 to 8 but understand this that in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self lovers of proud arrogant abusive disobedient to parents ungrateful unholy heartless unappeasing unappeasable slanderous without self control brutal not loving good treacherous reckless swollen with conceits lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of having the appearance of godliness but denying its power what is the instruction Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 19. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 19. A man of great wrath will pay the penalty. If you for if you deliver him, you will only have to do it again. Yeah. You only will have to do it you will only have to do it again proverbs chapter 22 verse 24 proverbs chapter 22 verse 24 make no friendship with a man given to are you nor go with a wrathful man this uh, this scripture would have saved many of us i'm sure i, I can at least speak for myself hmm. uh, all kinds of troublesome situations You know, when you read the scriptures, you realize, see, the Lord wants to prepare us for success in relationships. See, the Lord wants to prepare us for success in relationships. The more you open your Bible and you start to read and prayerfully understand what the Spirit of God desires in each of us, uh, the sooner you will get married to the right person. The sooner you will deal with situations the way it should be dealt with. Somebody say amen. I know that uh, some of this when we are reading it uh, you know we we probably like, oh I, i what see if you if you are with a person who's given to anger and wrath that is a sure sign you got to what you have to you have to you have got to move you got to move away no matter 
yeah, detached. Um, uh, there's no friendship here. It's not po- huh? Avoid. And uh, you read that long list uh, that is mentioned in, in Timothy. Uh, if those things are working in, in that friend of yours, you need to prayerfully find out, Lord, how do I manage this relationship? I've got to keep it at arm's length. Yeah, correct. Associating with that person in that condition is like a validation of his horrible condition. And uh, the scripture is warning us that if we, if we um, um, you know, today we have all sorts of excuses for uh, um, uh, mingling with this, this or getting intimately acquainted with this group. Uh, we think that that's the nature of forgiveness or no, 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 no. Uh, when Jesus walked among the sinners, the sinners repented. Amen. They, they, they were changed. They were aghast. They were, uh, they were amazed. The, he spoke with authority in their midst. Today what's going on and this confused understanding of forgiveness or, or um, grace, uh, confused understanding is believers are found in these groups and who's having the authority? The unbeliever is having the authority. They have sway. Jesus was not like that. I have no doubt. Read the Gospels, you realize Jesus may be in the midst of sinners, but the authority was his. Somebody say amen. The authority was his. He didn't go the way of the wrathful man or the immoral man. That man had the opportunity to come his way. And I want to say this. That in the, um, praise the Lord. In the church, we got to get serious about these things. Jesus told us, beware the leaven of the Pharisees. Jesus told us to be, uh, to be keenly aware of these things. That we do not um, tolerate sin. That we don't compromise with sin. In the church, must be found the best husbands. In the church must be found the most exemplary wives. We must hold each other accountable. Scripture after scripture after scripture. Christ didn't? That's right. To accommodate anyone. Christ did not compromise his standards to accommodate anyone. And uh, these are things that, see, uh, I realize that if we are studying these scriptures and we take these scriptures seriously, you would, you would be saved from terrible circumstances. You yourself will be saved from terrible situations and circumstances, horrible decisions. You would not take that... Uh, uh, that ride to Bangalore. You would not take that ride to, to um, you know, some destination where you were not supposed to go with this man of wrath or this, this person of immorality. You would realize the scripture very clearly tells, avoid. That scripture clearly gives you the wisdom. Avoid. Yeah. 
make no friendship. Make no friendship. It's clear. Do not associate. Hmm? Treat him as a gentile. That's right. Exactly. Jesus gives the instruction. Uh, if someone is, is sins, um, is continuing in sin, uh, take him to the elders. Correct this person. And if he does not listen, treat him as a gentile. An unbeliever. Today all sorts of people are sitting in the church totally comfortable. They are beating their wives. People that drive car like as they would kill somebody. People that are doing all sorts of notorious things are sitting comfortably in the church. People planning vengeance, uh, revenge on their siblings. No, no, this is not the place. The church is not the place. God has given us very strict guidelines. Glory to God. Strict guidelines. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 22. Oh, what a scripture this is. A man of wrath stirs up. A man, an angry man stirs up. And a hot-tempered man abounds in. I want to encourage you, those of you planning to get married, if you see the slightest bit of any of this behavior, walk away. Today, you know, even uh, people are confused whether, you know, is it right to walk away? Yes, it is right to walk away. Scripture has given you the license. Hallelujah. Amen. Crime, punishment, and consequences are all at play in complex human relationships. Crime, punishment and consequences. Are all at play in complex human relationships. Wisdom is to be applied in abusive relationships. The Bible clearly teaches separation. Everybody say separation. separation. Say the word separation. separation. The Bible clearly teaches separation. 
It uh, tells us that if the situation is such and such, separate. I mean, the scriptures we just looked at is talking about separation. Somebody say separation. separation. Say separation. separation. If a friend a group of yours is a certain way, um, separation. That's right. And you will hear God's voice more clearly when you do that. If you are in an abusive relationship, in a marriage, the Lord has, uh, where there is physical abuse, where it has landed you, you know, in casualty. And uh, people seem to be confused. What to do in that situation? Separate. Separate. It is the right thing. Forgiveness in such situations is that you are free of bitterness. You yourself are free of bitterness or grudges or vengeance. And um, I, I remember mentioning this, I'll repeat this again. You may have to continue forgiving that person again and again till your heart comes to that place, which God accepts. God accepts that exercise. You may have to continue to forgive that person. But that doesn't mean you go and sit in their lap. If they are not changing. Forgiveness is not endurance. That's right. That your heart is free of bitterness. And that you are willing to do good for this person. And one of the good things you need to do for this person many a times is separation. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Can I hear praise the Lord? Amen. Careful rehabilitation, conditional acquaintance, all this is taught by the scripture. Careful rehabilitation, bring the elders into it. Yes, get the elders in, involved in it, get people involved in it. Careful rehabilitation and conditional acquaintance, that, that, that acquaintance will be made only certain conditions are met. There is wisdom. When there is a multitude of counselors, there is wisdom. There is safety. Amen. And the word is safety. You're right. I want to encourage you in this church that uh, you have the, the freedom to approach uh, the leadership of this church. You have the freedom to approach. If there is a situation of abuse, you are expected to approach. That there may be prayer, that there may be wise counsel. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Separation, careful rehabilitation, conditional acquaintance are all teachings found in the Bible. And you can see Jesus exercising these things. The Son of God exercised these things while He walked on the earth. It, that is why it is important for us to to, um, to be well-versed with the Gospels. Jesus spoke nothing to Herod. He kept absolutely quiet. At another place, he spoke to the leaders of the people and said, you serpents, you brood of wipers. 
He spent his intimate times with the disciples and those that were seeking God. Am I right? God has given us a spirit of order. Amen. Church said amen. God has given us a spirit of order. There has to be a spirit of order. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of order. Not chaos. He's the spirit of order and truth. He's the spirit of truth that sets us free. Love in a sound mind, not timidity. Some of you are in abusive relationships, not because of any other reason, but because you're being timid. Hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Hear the voice of God telling you what to do. What is the wisdom? What needs to be done? Grace and forgiveness are not gullible. Grace and forgiveness is not gullible. It's not cheap. Somebody say amen. It is the most precious thing God extends to us. It's not cheap. Grace and forgiveness are not gullible. They cannot be taken for granted. Amen, church. Amen, church. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There are a few scriptures I'd like to read. Psalm 11 verse 5. Psalm 11 verse 5. The Lord tests the righteous and the wicked. The Lord tests the righteous and the wicked. His soul hates the one who loves I'm thinking, you're reading scriptures like this. How is it that we resort to violence? How is it that there is any resorting to violence? Hmm? I, I just can't understand you. Are you reading the same Bible? The Bible tells me the Lord hates, his soul hates the one who resorts to violence. You know, the temptation, you know, whenever, if it crops up, these scriptures should set us free. Where, uh, you know, the temptation to resort to violence. These scriptures should set us free. No, 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 no. I find it amazing. Uh, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 11. The mouth of the righteous, Proverbs 10, verse 11. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of? Praise the Lord. A fountain of? Today we are discussing and debating whether we can use abusive words. Because you know God understands it seems. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of? Life. The mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Oof. 
James chapter 1 in lines with what we've been learning in, uh, in um, Sunday service. James chapter 1 verse 26. If anyone thinks he is religious, if anyone thinks he is... Are you, are you there? If anyone thinks himself to be religious yet does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is... James 3 and verse 10. James chapter 3 and verse 10. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Look at this scripture. Zephaniah chapter 1 and verse 9. God is speaking. Zephaniah chapter 1 verse 9. On that day, I will punish everyone who leaps over the boundaries. I will punish on that day all who leap on the temple threshold, who fill the house of the Lord with violence and... Now you understand, every, of the, every one of these scriptures is, is uh, resounding that uh, um, uh, beatitude. Blessed are the merciful, they shall receive. See that blessed are the merciful. See the blessed are the merciful. Cultivate um, this kind of faithfulness towards mercy. Your mouth is, is filled with mercy. Not violence and fraud. Amen. Colossians chapter 3 verse 19. You know this one guys? This scripture? It's an incredible scripture. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 19. Oof. Husbands. You there? Husbands, love your wives. Do not be embittered. Man, the scripture is just... There's no limit to the scripture, is there? It's so vast. One of the biggest problems that men in a relationship, in their, in their married relationship, is that bitterness that they allow. It goes straight to the, the she hurt my ego. Amen. Don't let that bitterness settle in. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. First Corinthians chapter 5 verse 9 to 13. 
1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 to 13. Hallelujah. I wrote to you, Paul says, by the Spirit I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. Not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters, since they would need to go, then you would need to go out of this world. But now I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of a brother if he's guilty of sexual immorality or greed or as an idolater, reviler, drunk, drunkard or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. Avoid, separate, Purge. Amen. That's right. It's part of building the kingdom of God. And um, I have tagged this along and I've put it this with this uh, teaching on forgiveness so that these things are not neglected and uh, not, you're not confused about it. Amen. I hope that you've, uh, you're able to understand this. And um, see, I'd like you to be more active in, uh, you know, bring up, uh, either you send me a text or you send it to uh, Pastor Dilip or uh, if there are questions concerning these matters and uh, they must be resolved. They must be resolved. Yes, church. Yeah. God desires you to be light with no bitterness, no grudges. Say it with me. No bitterness. No grudges. Amen, amen. And uh, no thoughts of uh, revenge. And uh, we're going to spend some time in prayer now that the Lord would um, heal you. I was amazed that you prayed. Uh, it was, um, you know, he was praying about healing. And I have this entire set of scriptures I wanted to read about healing. So and I'm going to do that. In Psalm 147 verse 3 it says, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Now, I believe the Lord will minister to you. I do not know what you may be going through or what is the situation you're facing or the challenge you're facing. Psalm 9 verse 9 says, the Lord is calling you. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed. Psalm 9 verse 9, the Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed. A stronghold in times of trouble. A fortress in times of trouble. The Lord is for you. If, you've, uh, if you have faced uh, situations uh, of oppression, uh, I want you to know the Lord is reaching out His hand to you. Psalm 103 verse 6 says, The Lord works righteousness and justice. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Psalm 72, verse 14. From oppression and violence, He redeems your life. Praise the Lord. The Lord is speaking to somebody. From oppression and violence, He redeems your life. Psalm 34, verse 18. Scriptures that we know. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. 
Lord is near you. Psalm 140 verse 12. I know Psalm 140 verse 12. I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful God we serve. I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and will execute justice for the needy. Praise the Lord. In 2 Samuel chapter 20, you don't have to go there, chapter 22 and verse 28. God is described as the person who saves the humble person. You save the humble people. You save the humble. Your eyes are on the haughty to bring them down. And of course, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. And I, and I want to close in prayer with this scripture. Luke chapter 1 and verse 37. For nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you that, Lord, as we dive into experiences and relationships, we find that your word is full of counsel to rectify. It's full of counsel to rectify, to protect, to heal us. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Lord, help us make those solid steps of wisdom, counsel that we receive from the Holy Spirit and, and take those solid steps. Let us not be ignorant. My people perish for their, for their ignorance, for their lack of knowledge, the counsel that the Holy Spirit wants to equip you with. Today you heard of, Lord, we, are, we, we receive that, um, that in, in forgiveness we are healed. In forgiveness our hearts are set free. That, Lord, as you look into our hearts, there is no grudges, there is no bitterness, there are no swarms of bitterness, there are no, no, no um, uh, godless thoughts of vengeance. For you are the Lord. For you are the Lord. Yes, Jesus. The Lord is, uh, is doing a work of restoration. Those of you that are listening to this study, the Lord is doing a work of restoration. <clears throat> Nothing is impossible. He is near you. He is near those that, that, are, that are going through an oppressive situation. He's near, he's near you. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed are those who mourn, they shall be comforted. They shall be comforted. Receive the comfort of the Lord this evening. Receive the wisdom of God. The Lord has spoken to you specifically about certain relationships and um, that which you must, that you must do. That which you must walk away from. That you must separate from. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We pray for us as a church. We pray, Lord, that um, there will always be the sword of the Spirit in the midst of us. 
That which needs to be removed, let it be removed. That which needs to be added, let it be added. Keep us in that uh, sharp edge of the word of God, the double-edged sword. On the sharp edge of God's word. Working like Christ in this world. Work like Christ. Fill us with being Christ-like, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all that you've taught us this evening. Thank you, Ba. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. Hello, this is Nisha Dilakoshi. I'm sure this podcast has blessed you. Do subscribe to our channel for more messages and follow us on social media to stay connected. May God bless you.